Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace alongside Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. There is still time. Uh, we, sh- we should stop shipping or st- should start, I should say, shipping books this week. Still time for you to get your autographed copy of Why Thanksgiving. We got about a, uh, a couple hundred, I think, of these left. If you want a signed copy of Why Thanksgiving, my very first children's book in time for the holiday, whythanksgiving.com is where you can go to get one. Whythanksgiving.com as we try to do our part to reclaim America's Christian heritage at whythanksgiving.com. Now, today's a very big day. Today's a very big day. And I got to tell you, I I had planned with the weekend I had. I was repping. I was repping the D with my Detroit Lions yesterday. And my gritty, gutty Michigan Wolverines. I was repping them. I had had the wardrobe picked out. I was going to rep that all week long starting today obnoxiously show obnoxiously so okay no way (laughs) (laughs) so why am i sitting here wearing this shirt today because i had an epiphany fellas i had an epiphany i was heading for leg day and guess what popped up on my serious xm this morning The Christmas channels did. And I heard those dulcet tones of the late, great Tony Bennett belting out a little, oh, come all ye faithful. And it was just like, and then I remembered yesterday what I did because the Lions played the late game. So I went and got all the uh, outdoor Christmas stuff out yesterday with beautiful weather so that that would all be situated and good to go. I've got my favorite Christmas decoration of all time out in the yard. Santa bowing to the baby Jesus. I love that one. Okay, I've got it all out there already. Now, I originally just did this because I wanted to take advantage of the really nice weather and just have it ready for when it was go time. All right. But then this morning, Sirius XM oh, told me it was go time. On my way into do leg, leg day, all of the Christmas channels were there. And so I went home, man, and I pulled out this shirt. That is like a kaleidoscope of Christmas colors. It's like Christmas plaid. And I'm like, it's on, man. We are at 40 days. It is the most wonderful time you, of the year. You and see so that today's shirt? a very big day. You see that shirt and you see Christmas? I do. This has like this is like a this, this is, is like what? a kaleidos this is like a Christmas wreath in a shirt with a polo logo. Yes. I'll tell you That's what. why I bought it. It's it's you coming in and starting off a show with speaking in tongues like that and then pivoting and going to do what i know you're gonna do and i'm so lucky to sit here every day and see you do it it's that's why i believe in miracles because what you just said that person should not be able to go do what you're about to do yet you're gonna do it again it's miracles every day on the steve day show it's it's and miracle on 34th street one of my favorite movies yes indeed aaron your thoughts Oh, sorry. I was just reading this post about the saddest fictional character deaths in movies. Some <laughs> guy nominated Old Yeller. That's a pretty, pretty brutal death. 
<laughs> he just said I wasn't listening. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you for that. Yes. I got to say, though, I'll just say I thank you. That was actually far less insufferable than you could have been coming in on this weekend. So True. Let's just leave it at that. Oh, but. it'll be very insufferable the rest of the week. But today, today, let us officially welcome Christmas into the chat. Yes. So thank you. All right. Today's show. Going to warn you, we're going to have, we're going to discuss a couple of contrarian takes. All right. Um, some people that uh, have put some things out that go against a lot of the orthodoxy that we um, we either choose to or are compelled to, we believe anyway, share with you frequently here in this thing called conservative media. And so, so since Monday anyway, and everybody's in a bad mood anyway, I figured let's have these conversations today. Um and if they weren't at least i think intellectually serious i'm not saying that i agree with what they're going to conclude but if they weren't at least intellectually serious we wouldn't do this okay um contrary to popular belief we really don't go out of our way to um to alienate our audience or come up with takes that um do not line up with the uh, the heavy petting you're used to across much of the rest of this industry it just organically happens that way too often we don't like gather together and like let's let's come out with this one no it just organically happens but in this case i am doing it this in this case on purpose we're going to represent these viewpoints and discuss them because i do think you know six days ago we went through another slaughter an absolute slaughter on election night A year ago, we went through a deep disappointment. Two years or, or three years ago, we went through something deeply disturbing. Five years ago, we went through an absolute ass kicking. If you see a trend here, we had an ass kicking. We had a disturbing, something very disturbing, something deeply disappointed. And then we just got the crap kicked out of us. I'm reliably told by Ronna McDaniel that um, things are going well. It's not what you and, think And yet, it I is. mean, I'm on, you know, I look in my Twitter feed and I see a lot of people with blue check marks breaking down polls, doing this. We're doing all oh my gosh. <laughs> so, I, you know, I want to win. I mean, I'm going to get paid the same whether we do or not. I mean, my, you know, I, my career has no bearing on the outcomes of elections whatsoever and just never has. So when I, when I, I want to win on a personal level, I'm concerned. You want to win? You're a cuck. Yeah, indeed. I'm, I'm concerned about the country. I'm concerned about our kids and grandkids in the future. So since I want to win and I'm not selling wins, we're going to have, we're going to do some intel here. And we're going to look at people who, you know, I wouldn't, they're not communists. You know, like, I wouldn't find a way to, I'm not concerned about what my enemies think about me. That's not where I would go for strategy. I don't presume if I'm an Auburn fan that any, anything representing Alabama has my best interest at heart. Well, if you guys should consider this coach running that scheme, or if you're Michigan and Ohio State, you should not assume one or the other has, you know, any of your best. Well, you know, you know, you should do this with, they don't care. Okay. They're in, no. We're not we're talking people that the kinds of people that we need to win over 
and or should have already done so that have some contrarian takes and if we're going to win these are the kinds of people that we have to win over that's why i'm curious what they have to say we're going to look at their thoughts fair mm-hmm. that doesn't mean we ha- no one has been no one here has to agree with a word of what we're going to share starting at the bottom of this hour and then a separate a think piece we're going to discuss by a guy who's been a guest on this show a lot over the years David Harsanyi, he's worked at the Federalist and uh, National Review, and I think he started at one and went to the other. I don't remember which where he's at now, but I mean he's been a guest on this show at least a half a dozen times over the years. Fair, yeah. All right, and so I mean he wrote something over the weekend that really caught my eye over at the Federalist, and it's the kind of thing that won't get any play in much of conservative media, just because again the assumption is you're all children and couldn't hack it. Well, we're going to assume maybe if you are children that you need to grow up. All right. And or that you're not and you can. So I think he's a smart guy. Now, he's an atheist. So obviously we've got fundamental disagreements with David. Correct. Yes. But no, we certainly not doubt his intelligence level. No. So I want to know what he has to say. And then we're going to look at something at the bottom of this hour by someone who just cold blooded. Um, is a well-known economic forecaster and analyst. And he has some interesting takes on the upcoming election because he's looking at it very closely for his clients, you know, that are of significant substance and standing and capacity. So we're going to discuss those pieces and try to have adult conversations about them and discuss amongst ourselves where we agree or disagree. Uh, That's coming up uh, throughout much of the program. But before we get to all of that stuff, let's begin, as we always do, with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Learning Chinese Today. Today's phrase is Tim Scott is coming out of the race for the White House. Scott made the announcement last night on Fox News. I love America more today than I did on May 22nd. But when I go back to Iowa, it will not be as a presidential uh, candidate. I am suspending my campaign. I I think the voters uh, who are the most remarkable people on the planet have been really clear that they're telling me uh, not now, Tim. I don't think they're saying, Trey, no, but I do think they're saying not now. Learning Spanish today, today's phrase is, actually, Tim, we are saying no. En realidad, Tim, estamos diciendo no. Also on the campaign trail, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis continued his 99-county tour of the first in the nation state of Iowa. He hit Trump on his broken promises. And he said, Mexico will pay for the wall. And the media be like, how are you going to do that? He said, they will pay, they will pay, they will pay. And he said that very clearly. Now, he says recently, he said, well, there was no legal mechanism I could have used to make Mexico pay for the wall. Well, wait a minute. Yes, that's not what you said then. There actually is a mechanism, and I'll get to that in a minute. Then he said last week that he never promised that Mexico would pay for the wall, that he only said Mexico would pay for a piece of the wall. Do you ever remember him saying only a piece of the wall in 2016? I mean, come on. And then yesterday he said in an interview that he actually did build the wall and Mexico did pay for the wall. So it's like... You know, don't whiz on my leg and tell me that it's raining, okay? Donald Trump was interviewed by Univision and says both sides of the Israel-Hamas conflict share blame. There is no hatred like the Palestinian hatred of Israel and Jewish people, and probably the other way around also. I don't know, you know, it's not as obvious, but probably that's it too. So sometimes you have to let things play out and you have to see where it, where it ends. The sad part is there would have never been an attack on Israel, 
and there would have never been a counterattack on Gaza. Yeah. I mean, Gaza, what's happening to Gaza, it's just unbelievable. You've seen the images, you've no, heard it's the horrible. stories. No, it's horrible. It's horrible on both sides. Meanwhile, in New York City, a mob of pro-Hamas supporters caused unrest on Friday night. The throng of protesters attempted to storm Grand Central Station, splattered fake blood on the New York Times building, and tore down American flags. Thousands of demonstrators participated in the so-called Flood Manhattan for Gaza protest on Friday night. In Austin, Texas, the same type of mob flooded the streets of Austin, chanting euphemisms for the destruction of Israel. Anyway, back to the Republican Party. The Spirit of Lincoln Gala went down over the weekend, hosted by log cabin Republicans at the Reagan Presidential Library and Museum. That event featured Bruce Jenner in a dress receiving the Game Changer Award. The city of San Francisco is cleaning up its act ahead of a visit from Chinese President Xi Jinping. Gavin Newsom, your thoughts? I know folks say, oh, they're just cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming into town. Um, that's true because it's true. The stopgap resolution to fund the government ends this week. Newly elected House Speaker Mike Johnson will have an opportunity to show actual leadership on a massive issue for the first time under his speakership. The U.S. credit rating outlook was lowered from stable to negative this week by Moody's Investors Services. While Moody's kept the United States AAA credit rating, the two other major credit rating agencies, S&P and Fitch, have lowered it to AA+, which Fitch did in August. S&P lowered its rating in 2011. Everything's fine here. And finally, Finally, a tale of two athletes. Women's soccer superstar Megan Rapinoe's final career moment likely happened this weekend. She went down with a non-contact injury during a game. After the game, Rapinoe said during a press conference that her injury is proof there isn't a god. I mean, you know, I'm not a religious person or anything. And if there was a god, like, this is proof that there isn't. <laughs> this is up. Um, so, yeah, it just, <laughs> it's just on the other hand, Houston Texans rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud led his team to a last-second victory over the Cincinnati Bengals yesterday. Here's what he had to say after the game. Knowing that, man, God wouldn't put anything on me that I can't handle. Um, and um, I don't deserve his grace and his mercy, um, but he still gives it to me, and I love him for that because, I mean, it's, nothing, it's not about me. It's about him um, and his glory. So um, I think that's where it comes from. I think God made me like that. I've been through a lot, not only in football, but um, things that uh, made me just kind of chill during uh, when everything's going crazy. Um, and I thank God for putting that on me. And that's what happened while we were away. That is quite the contrast there for sure. Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Eden Pure. Busted this out at my home last night. We had a family dinner on Sunday night, as we do most Sunday evenings. And the uh, the the choice for, sun, for Sunday night dinner for the family was hot dog bar. Oh. So it was very good. But, you know, you get the chili smell, the onion smell. And, you know, the wife was going to bust out one of my beloved, you know, pumpkin, you know, uh, smell of the season candles. And I'm like, wait. The hot dog bar smell here in the house is so overwhelming. It's just not even the glorious pumpkin spice will have a chance against it. Let's not waste a pumpkin spice candle. So I busted out the Eden Pure. This is all this all went down last night, just like I'm telling you. I, I said, let's wait on the pumpkin spice. All right. That's the frosting that tops it off. All right. But let's bust out the Eden Pure thunderstorm air purifier. Let's get those smells out of here first. And then then we light the candle and it worked just marvelously. Shameful. Like, I, now I want hot dogs, bar spice candles. <laughs> now you're speaking yeah. my language. 
All right. So it does the it just does the job every time, man. That's why it gets so many rave reviews, both online and within our audience. And if you want to try it yourself, you can get the three pack for under two hundred dollars plus free shipping. When you go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the discount code Steve, uh, three units for under 200 bucks plus free shipping at EdenPureDeals.com and use the discount code Steve. All right. Um, Tim Scott finally shows us his girlfriend. And this occurred right after the Screen Actors Guild strike ended. I'm not saying, but I'm saying. I'm just saying this was such a monumental moment. I think that's the first time Aaron has done two language translations for one news event. He gave us Chinese and uh, Spanish today. So, wow, this must have hit you right in the feels, Aaron. I am very moved. (laughs) I also want to say that is the hottest side hug I have ever seen. Anyway. Tim Scott drops. Wait. Reaction. Wait, are you, you're serious? He showed us his girlfriend? I'm just saying a woman purporting to be his girlfriend showed up in public right after the Screen Actors Guild, for the first time, right after the Screen Actors Guild uh, strike ended. That's all I'm saying. I'm not connecting those two events. I'm just saying they, that's the order in which they occurred. The actors um, wow, stopped striking. Seeing this. And then we suddenly saw Tim Scott's no girlfriend. Idea. Yes. My thoughts on this are actually that once Mike Pence left, and, you know, Mike Pence was just going to be insufferable and do what he wanted to no matter what. But once he got out, I think this is pretty – somebody's tapping – Tim Scott on the shoulder and said, we got to help Nikki Haley's fortunes. I think that's happening on some level. I I think it's just nothing. I think the timing of this, and this is why I predicted about a month ago on the day group, and I've not gotten a lot of these predictions right this year. So I'm going to crow about this one that him and Pence would both be gone before Thanksgiving as I did. I didn't think they could sustain enough polling to be on the debate stage and Pence could not. Uh, Scott only made the debate stage this time because the the RNC went back to some late September poll (laughs) and and included that. That's the only reason he was on. Mm -hmm. He made the stage this time. It was clear he wasn't going to make it for the next debate in Alabama um, he has canceled all of his uh, you know television spending and everything else I mean the the writing was on the wall the ultimate outcome of all this may be what what you're saying we shall see um, I'm, I'm probably not supposed to tell you this but I'm going to anyway when when Tim Scott came here because uh, we share office space with the family leader all right and when he came here for his event uh, all the candidates have been in here. They've all done interviews in front of, you know, Bob's organization and uh, their supporters and, every, and and everything else. And when Tim Scott was here, it was about three, four weeks ago. And I don't think they know that my daughter, Anastasia, works here, too. Okay. I don't think when they said this, they knew that they were saying this to her. They don't watch three non-political Apparently questions. Apparently, they, they weren't unaware of this. Okay. And a woman mentioned in front of my daughter that I was not to get anywhere near Tim Scott while he was here that day. <laughs> to which I'm, I'm sure I'm the rare man that he has said that to. But um, I was told not to get anywhere near him. 
And that, um, which believe me, as tempting as it was, I I abstained, okay? Uh, But, (laughs) and that um, my my attacks on him were... uh, we're over we're out of bounds oh but the woman who said this to my daughter actually also said but i'm a big fan of your dad's show she found out later on who she was or no i'm a big fan of his show and she never found out who i was i got that wrong i like the show but uh, I'm, me personally i like the show but the the senator doesn't want him to come anywhere near him so it is it has been rare that you know i we once had Asa Hutchinson just drop in here, literally on his own, when Bob wasn't even in town. Do you guys remember this oh, last yeah. winter? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, no, keep you know. Normally it's me saying keep these people away from me. I, I don't know, no. So, um, can you imagine being a fan of the Steve Day Show? And working for Tim Scott? Can you imagine? I, 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 one of these things is not true. What it, it's the old Shakespeare line politics makes for strange bedfellows man who knows alright um, on the San Francisco thing to be fair to Gavin Newsom it is typical for a tenant to tidy up the place before the landlord shows up correct I mean the head of China's coming into town and it, it, it just seems it's really just a human instinct if, if you're Gavin Newsom. And, I mean, he's your landlord. It's just instinct that you want to make sure you put your best face forward. I mean, after all, yeah. you're just renting here. Why is this? Why is why are we making such a big deal out of this? This is this is a traditional tenant landlord relationship, correct? Uh, correct, but it's and nothing, no level of resentment that you are being treated like a zoo animal. Well, this is why I say progressivism is cancer. He's telling you that, yeah, you, the people that pay taxes here, will be treated to a drug-ridden no-go, crime-infested no-go zone. That's going to happen. And then... My same people on the other coast over at MIT will not expel the students at MIT who are saying kill the Jews because they aren't citizens and we don't want them deported. So if you're a citizen, you get drug ridden, crime infested, paid by your own taxes. But if you're a non-citizen, you will be given all the protections that one would hope for living in a shining city on a hill if you say kill the Jews. It's, it's, and th- progressivism is cancer. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. And this is why I'm, this weekend, Aaron and I were talking before you came in here, like there's, I just happen to have more exposure to this than I normally have on weekends. Like the the invincible ignorance is so phenomenal. Like we have no solutions for this that aren't divine. Wait, we never no, do, we but don't. like no, there, no, there's, no, I'm we, talking we, we about don't. miraculously 
divine. These people are so far gone. To be treated like that, to have that be your reality, when you're that entitled, you're that rich, you're that educated, you're all that, and you will just take that level of garbage and ask, ask for seconds and thirds, it's unbelievable. Or maybe it's because of those things yeah. that you will. Maybe. And you look at, again, I, I go back six days ago, we took a steel-toed boot to the man, to the man parts, man. Everywhere you looked. We held Mississippi was the battle cry, okay? And I, and I, and I just look at two things in Aaron's montage. I mean, Donald Trump is aware that Israel handed... Hamas, an independent, autonomous state, right in the middle of its own borders there in Gaza in 2006. Like when when he took over the presidency, this already had existed for a decade. He is aware of this, is he not? Of that, no. And then, though the people there made the decision to attack Israel, that Israel was just people just got up you know, on a Saturday morning and or Sunday morning and we're doing their thing when this occurred. He is aware of this, correct? No, it was a Saturday, October 7th. He is aware of this. And and, and we're getting the both sides re- re- rhetoric? Oh. Again, I, seeing that so often this weekend, I, I don't... I, listen, if, if, the, if the nation of Israel did not legitimately care about the innocent Palestinians... Gaza would be a hole you could see from space on Correct. October 8th. Correct. We all know that. Correct. I, I, I don't, I, I really don't understand his comments there at all. I mean, I just, I just don't. I don't understand the equivocation on any level. One nation was attacked. It's not both sides. They, they gave them an autonomous state. One side says, we'll give you an autonomous state. The other side says, you cannot exist as an autonomous state anywhere on earth. That's not both sides. I did not realize. I don't, ben, I don't, I don't understand yeah. that. Ben Shapiro show, has shown a, a map talking about this. I, I did not. Re- the original Palestinian size of the Palestinian uh, of the uh, Israeli state proposed was infinitely smaller than it is now back in the 1940s. And that was rejected. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is not just something that happened, as you say, in 2000. This is timeless. Whatever is proposed is rejected because it's Jews die. That's all they care about. Likewise. And not to leave you out of this one, Aaron, but uh, this really is, is probably on a generational level tougher for you and I, Todd. Can you imagine if Ronald Reagan were alive today? What he would do if a freaking transvestite was given some kind of courage award at his presidential library? The president who's the only that's still the only president in American history to author a book while in the White House. And what was it called? 
Abortion and the Conscience of a Nation. That was the name of the book. The one who stood up at the National Religious Broadcasters and referred to the Soviet Union as the evil empire. The one that sicked the Department of Justice on the porn industry. Can you imagine? I, 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 know for, I know if you're an Aaron's generation or you're Gen Z, much of the Reagan you've been shown are kind of the uh, happy warrior stuff. But you have to understand, that's a caricature. I mean, if you go see the go go see the speeches that Ronald Reagan was given in the '60s and the '70s, as he was coming to as he was politically ascending, and I'm going to tell you right now, ain't much different than the Steve Day show. In fact, in terms now the caliber of rhetoric is better, but I mean in terms of the tone, mm-hmm. the confrontational nature, the just putting it right to your face, making it very plain to you. So you haven't been shown a lot of that, Ronald Reagan. You haven't been shown a lot of the time for choosing, rendezvous with destiny, uh, no more pale pastels, but only bold colors. You've not seen a lot of that, Ronald Reagan. You've seen a, you've seen a, these are the boys of Point to Ho, and that that matters too. Okay, that's one of the greatest speeches in the history of the U.S. presidency on D-Day. Okay, but you have to understand that there's a more you, you don't achieve the office of the presidency with some Jimmy Stewart-like shtick of go get them, fellas. And I, I can't even imagine, Todd, what his reaction would be to see. Well, what you're describing that. is why uh, Palestinian terrorists are taking over the square in Austin, Texas. We're just not serious. No. We're just not. And our enemies are cosmically, demonically so. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show, powered by our friends over at Collective. If you run a solo small business, you're an army of one. But that doesn't mean you don't need a CPA, a bookkeeper, separate payroll solutions, and more. So let Collective take care of the paperwork while you just take care of your business. Collective is the number one financial solution for freelancers, contractors, self-employed entrepreneurs, and they let you focus, therefore, on your passion and not all that paperwork. Let Collective handle all that stuff that you dread, like corporate formation and compliance, taxes, bookkeeping, accounting, and even payroll. The best part, it's a fraction of the cost of a normal CPA, and Collective knows that if your business of one makes over 80 grand a year, you're going to find the most value from their services. So join the thousands of solopreneurs who have saved an average of 10000 per year on their taxes with their structure at Collective. Right now, they're offering one month free and no onboarding fee when you go to collective.com slash Steve and tell them I sent you. That's a $550 value for free. You can't beat it. When you go to collective.com slash Steve, tell them I sent you. That's collective.com slash Steve, $550 value at collective.com slash Steve. Make sure to tell them the Steve Day Show sent you. Okay. I mentioned at the top of the show, after I have officially declared for the second time now that it is Christmas time. Um, Not officially. It is officially. Uh, But um, I mentioned at the top of the show, 
that today I want us to discuss a couple of, 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 of pieces of analysis that are going to challenge our, uh, our conventional wisdoms. I, I think I used the term orthodoxies last hour. I mean, your, your orthodoxies are your convictional beliefs. I should have, or, or last segment, I should have used that. That's not the term to use. Let's use conventional wisdoms. Conventional wisdoms might be how you would typically apply those orthodoxies based on how you see the environment. And I think that's because I don't want to make it look like we're going to let's have a question, a discussion where we're questioning our fundamentals. No, we're, that's why they're fun, called fundamentals. Those are in the closed hand and we're here to defend them. And and even if like St. Nicholas, you know, you need to be punched with them every now and then. OK, um, we're talking really challenging our, the conventional wisdoms that we're selling each other right now, just to make sure we're not getting high on our own supply here. All right. So, Kip Herridge uh, has about 40,000 followers on Twitter. He is the managing partner and founder and publisher of Vertical Research Advisory, uh, which is a top-performing investment and economic research firm. He hosts the American Capitalist Podcast, and he follows me on Twitter, so he can't be all bad. Okay? Here is an analysis of the electorate that he posted over the weekend as a summation of what he is telling his clients about the upcoming um, election cycle. And in light of Moody's downgrading the U.S. now as um, a negative economic outlook, obviously Kip's clients would care greatly about the next election because it could have great impact on the economic outlook. As a lifelong independent with greater than 10,000 subscribers to our investment in economic letters, I have open lines of communications with Republicans, Democrats, and independents throughout the country. Here's what I am finding. Trump's core base is still with him. They're even more aggressively in his corner than before, and they'll attack you hard when you raise counterpoints or discuss Ron DeSantis or RFK Jr. It's an extremely loyal group. I'm also finding that Trump's core base is smaller than before. I think maybe quite a bit so. The reasons for this are many, but based on what we hear, it's the combination of Trump's mistakes from his handling of the pandemic, lockdowns, OWS, Fauci, Burks, the rush, that's Operation Warp Speed, uh, Fauci, Burks, and the rushed creation of the jabs. The fact he added $8 trillion in debt and supported anti-Second Amendment legislation stands out loudly to true conservatives. And we hear this often, too. His horrible staffing decisions, along with people close to him today, like Rana, Lindsey, and Loomer, raise serious questions about who this version of Trump is, and it's not the 2016 Trump. The Republican Party has been gutted. While some think that's a good thing in the interim, they're losing elections. It's a repeating pattern of losing, and people dislike the way he turns on others so quickly, followed by the childish name-calling. Trump's support seeks to have almost disappeared among independents and women. He's not just disliked with those groups. There's now a strong and vocal anti-Trump vibe. Hearing more and more people talk about his trials and the fact that it's likely he'll be a convicted felon at some point next year. While acknowledged as kangaroo courts, the legitimate question is, will Americans elect a convicted felon? It's a question that Republican voters should consider. Bottom line, based on our conversations and digital communications, it's hard to take these polls seriously. I'd probably put Trump up by 10, maybe less. 
Iowa will be here soon enough. We'll see how our subscribers match the mood of the actual voters. All right, so thoughts on that analysis. Who wants to go? Uh, who wants to go first? Well, none of it surprises me. I I think we may have some kind of. Uh, I mean, what he's he's a numbers guy, a data guy. I think you'll appreciate it. I think he's pretty much describing some kind of regression to the mean. We don't. I, I like how he started out. It's a, a when he's talking about his people are still with him, but they're fewer. Well. We watched at the beginning. We didn't, none of us truly understood in real time back in 2015. And we're watching some of those debates. Like we never thought the, the, the diehard starting off novelty act could have grown into the genuine movement that it was. It was a snowball going downhill, getting bigger and bigger. But now that snowball entered uh warmer uh temperatures and it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller it's still moving it's undeniably a thing but it's back far closer to what it was at the beginning a cult of personality and not a movement that increasingly is grabbing its arms around more and more people for various reasons and that's really the this sign of successful movement it has its core something but then there's people of all different kinds i mean steve acknowledges all the time about what needs to happen in terms of uh getting independence back for republicans to win elections those are going to be they're not going to call themselves conservatives they're going to have all the different kinds of principles but they're going to look at some basics whatever those basics are and want to be drawn into them at least temporarily well, there's just fewer and fewer people that want that. So, yes, it's just, we're just kind of regressing to back to what this was at the beginning. A novelty act, a novelty act that still is politically tenable and may win this uh, party. But it's, it's, you know, it's, it's taken on water day by day by day. Aaron, what do you think? So, I am given... <laughs> Depending on the day, pretty schizophrenic when it comes to kind of the bottom line point that he he makes about this. Because you would refute his bottom line saying that he'd put Trump up by 10 points by saying, well, look at the pools. Well, you can refute that by saying, well, one, I'll just ask this to both of you. When was the last time you took a a phone call from a number you didn't recognize and you weren't expecting a phone call? Mm -hmm. It's been years. That's how most... Polling took place for years. It was over the phone, Mm -hmm. landline, what have you. It's been years since I've taken a phone call from a number I didn't recognize and was not expecting a call. Uh, Also, there's this. Every other indicator, I mean, like pretty much every other indicator about the meat and potatoes, basics, the fundamentals of how you run a campaign, unless you're on Twitter, it's been a terrible campaign, I can't believe how bad this campaign has been. Every other indicator says that Ron DeSantis is actually running a campaign that is not only sufficient, it's actually beyond where Ted Cruz was, who won the Iowa caucuses uh, four years ago. 
I'm sorry, eight years, almost eight years ago. So, so there's that. There's the refutations of his bottom line point. But then on the other hand, I can totally see how some of the polls could be correct because we're just so far gone. All of what Todd was saying in the first in the first segment. So I put this kind of counter, well, not counterintuitive, but um, um, uh, reaction, not reactionary, but this kind of outside of the conventional wisdom analysis that we just heard here. I put that in the category of outside of the polls. What do the fundamentals look like? And this kind of falls into that. It's kind of codifying what we have talked about hmm. when it comes to the, the fundamentals of how you run a campaign. So, again, I'm schizophrenic given, you know, on any given day about this. But I'd say this kind of puts more, um, I don't know, this put, kind of puts more meat on the bone when it comes to what we talk about when we, when we say, well, look at the fundamentals of how you campaign and how you do an Iowa caucus of how you do a primary. This kind of is, falls more in line with that. All right, here's what I want to do after we talk about Patriot Mobile here in a second. Let's let's go through a, a brief summary of his points and decide true or false. Okay, let's mm -hmm. do that. All right. Um, but first, uh, what thing that, one thing that is clearly true is a need for a parallel economy. And unfortunately, it is false in too many places. One place, thankfully, it is true, is with one product that we all need nowadays in order to thrive in modern society, and that's with our mobile phones. You can make the switch to Patriot Mobile right now, America's only American mobile phone company available, uh, and that way you'll make sure, first of all, you're going to get an outstanding product. I mean, there's that's the great thing is if you can make a switch to people that you have affinity with from a belief system standpoint, but it's also a great product. So you don't feel like you're sacrificing quality. I mean, I mean, it's, it's not like consumers our consumer income is going up here in the let's go Brandon economy, right? Now, this is an out, they just do an outstanding job an outstanding customer service team. Uh, our family's just been thrilled with them for the last couple of years since we came on board. Wouldn't re I can't recommend highly enough. All right. And so that's number one but number two now you know you're not going to directly give money to people who hate you anymore if you're a veteran or first responder let them know when you go to make the switch they've got extra ways to say thank you for your service for everybody else you can get a free activation with the offer code steve when you go to patriotmobile.com slash steve or call them at 972 patriot or patriotmobile.com slash steve all right let's do this point by point okay um Trump's core base is still with him and even more aggressively than before. True or false? True. True. Okay. Trump's core base is smaller than it was before because of um, failures that he had on issues, including debt, Operation Warp Speed, Fauci Burks, lockdowns, etc. False. You think the core base is smaller? I or, think it's the same size. You think it's the same size? Okay. I think it's true. It's smaller. I... Uh, by leaps and bounds, I have no idea, but uh, likely not. But I think it's smaller. Trump has been hurt by his horrible staffing decisions. True or false? As a candidate, not as a president, as a candidate, this has hurt him. Yeah. True. True. Yeah. Okay. The Republican Party is largely a gutted entity. Stuck F in a repeated oh, pattern of losing. True. Yep. Uh, false. It's, I mean, as it applies to us and wanting to get what we want, but it's... People pretending it like it's flaccid and doesn't know it's doing its own thing for its own purposes. It's not like gutted. It's nefarious. Okay. 
Trump's support has evaporated among independents and women. True. Certainly women, yes. Um, more and more people talk are talking about his trials and the possibility of him being a convicted felon, and would people vote for that? True or false? I would have... Even like two weeks ago, I would have said false, but I think this is actually true now. I'm seeing more and more people, even with large platforms, discussing this uh, with some detail. I do think this is true. Okay. And then the bottom line, he says he thinks Trump is probably up by more than more something more like ten than what the polls are saying, and he's talking about an, on a national basis. There, he's yes, not talking about uh, Iowa and New Hampshire. He says we'll wait to see what what those voters actually say. Yeah, I have no problem believing that Trump is like, if you could get a real poll, is up by 10 uh, nationally. In no, If this is still the Iowa that it's been in the past, there's no way he's up by 10 in Iowa right now. Yeah, I'd say true. So you guys, I think I, if, I'm, if, if my math is right as we went along there, there was... There were two you disagreed on, meaning one that Aaron you thought was false, but Aaron that Todd thought was true, and another one Todd that you thought was true, but Aaron thought mm-hmm. was false. But by and large, you guys think that this analysis fundamentally yeah. is pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah. And you know who knows it? Trump cults. Yes. They they you they're not some of them would be, but like the main players are simultaneously saying things like, oh, he's up by 50 points, man. And then obsessing about like DeSantis's boots. It's because they know he's not really they're doing their own psyop. Mm-hmm. They know he's not up by 50 points. If they really if he really, really was, they'd sure be they'd be making jokes and things like that, but they would not obsessively be shaming themselves with terrible arguments that can be so easily pointed out by people. They're doing a psyop. They know he's not up by 50. Yeah. They, that's, they're, they're telling you this. And um, I just don't, I, I don't understand the mind, as Todd just pointed out, the mind that says, oh, he's up by a bajillion, kajillion points, and then in the same breath talks about feet obsessively over and over again. That was last week. Uh, so these people are concerned. They're concerned because this is learned beha- This is learned behavior from them. They're concerned because Trump himself is obviously con- concerned. He cannot stop talking about DeSantis. Notice how he doesn't necessarily obsess over Nikki Haley as much as he does DeSantis or any of the other candidates as much as he does DeSantis because he feels a liability there. So at the end of the day, though... <laughs> My kind of double-mindedness on polls, you know, we suck. So, yeah, maybe the polls reflect that versus the fundamentals. That's still there, and that's why we play the games. True or false, Ron DeSantis could produce 70,000. 70,000 commitment cards to vote for him in the Iowa caucuses. Get Get Bob Vanderplot's endorsement to go along with the endorsement he has from Ken Reynolds. And by and large, the media will continue to produce the exact same polls that it has been producing all along. True by, or false? True. True. But because of that. That necessitates even more zany yeah. polling. Yeah. It's a, it's with the, uh, immo- the, the immovable object against irresistible force. This is what we're talking about. So here. you guys, you guys think these are just flat, they're full-blown psyops then? Yeah. 
This is why I met. You put a gun to my I head. I asked yeah. you on Friday. This we got to start talking about actually. Like you're talking these, COVID data level for yeah, psyops. That's why we you're need to like criminally about. charging these polling firms for fraud. Okay, let's. While we're on a roll, and everybody hates us, which is like every other day, let's challenge some more of our own conventional wisdoms when we come back. Hour two, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here alongside Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin, and all of you. And you can let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. That's taken advantage of by emailing the show, Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. You can like us on Facebook, me, we, and Gab. Follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Getter, Instagram, and TikTok. Find me as well via the podcast. And if you listen to the podcast, please... Make sure to leave us a five-star review. Thank you to all of you who have. And hit subscribe or in the case of iTunes, follow. And thanks to all of you that have done that as well. And when you do that, when you subscribe or follow, that means every time we do a new episode, it shows up in your feed, your podcast feed every single time. This portion of the show brought to you by our friends over at Jace Medical. Remember, they came on board uh, about a year and a half ago concerned at... uh, the treatment of some venerable medications that, you know, reasonable people can agree or disagree on whether they were effective treatments during the emergency or not. But I think anybody who's reasonable and not completely bought off by um, fascists would, would think it's a good idea to find out given that it was an emergency and all, right? So they wanted to make sure that you never know, could it be doxycycline next? Could it be amoxicillin next? Could it be your medications next? So they created the Jace case that you can have, so that you can have a backup of medications to know you've got peace of mind. Should another emergency go down, you have the meds you need. Well, now they're going next level because they're looking at all the med shortages that we're having right now, which could lead to rationing of vital medications. So they're making the Jace case customizable now for you. You can choose uh, based off their vast uh, repertoire of medications, what you want to put in your Jace case. And yes, ivermectin is eligible for the Jace case. All right. So if you want to take advantage of it, go to jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E, J-A-S-E for jacemedical.com. Use the code DACE at checkout for a discount on your order. Code DACE at checkout for the discount at jacemedical.com. All right, so I mentioned that uh, we're going to spend a good deal of time today challenging our conventional wisdoms, just to make sure we're not getting high on our own supply here. And when, when, when you have suffered a string of defeats like we have, and it's and it, all the same poll, people don't like Biden. People are upset about the future of the country. People are upset about the economy. We, we've seen all this now. For the, we saw this in the midterms last year. We saw it last week in the off years. And then you had the two elections in a row in 2020, 2018, uh, where Republicans got annihilated in that midterm, the first midterm of the Trump presidency. There have been a string of losses. And so what, what should be happening right now is an honest evaluation of, of how do we reverse this trend rather than let's just go back into the same political porn that we were peddling before and go right back to 
peddling that smut for easy um, titillation and satiation as opposed to doing the hard work of actually finding a mate and building a real into a real a real relationship of intimacy right so we're challenging those conventional wisdoms we did this with kip harridge the investment analyst with his take on what he thinks based on what he sees in economic trends and data within their own vast network of of subscribers and investors in his uh, his network which he thinks is contrary to a lot of the public polling i now want to present a piece written by david harsanye for the federalist and um i'm not sure i don't know if, i can't remember if david started at national review then went to the federalist or the other way around he was at the Federalist, went to the national Re- or went to national review and is back at the federalist he's back now. at the federalist now okay so he has been a guest on our show several times over the years we think the guy's very smart we have some fundamental differences with him he's an atheist obviously i mean we try to put the fun and fundamentalism here okay so we have we have some we have some differences but we have considered him intellectually a serious figure enough to give him airtime on our show on more than one occasion yeah okay so when i saw that he was the author of this i originally just clicked on this when i saw the headline just i anticipated i was going to roll my eyes and like okay all right so apparently Rich Lowry is writing freelance for um, the Federalist now. And when I saw that he was the author, I was like, oh, okay. Well, I'm going to go ahead and read this now. And so I did. And then after I read it, I sent it to the two of you over the weekend and said, we are spending an hour or two talking about this. Okay. Let's start with just the headline before we get into the piece. The populist right is leading the GOP into irrelevancy. Now, first of all, props to the Federalist for publishing this, you know? It's it's funny, I, I get, I do, I, I get a ton of feedback from people in my inbox, social media, complaining about the takes of other people here at The Blaze. I mean, I get a ton. How, many, how, how often do you think those exact same people get complaints about my takes? <laughs> probably at least, probably at least just as much, I would imagine, if not more. Okay, so it, it's it's not easy to, uh, to to keep people together on a platform where you're where you're going to take seriously wisdom in a multitude of counsel and you're going to take seriously letting people say what they want with. I mean, obviously, there's limits. You can't, you know, slander, liable, can't threaten harm against somebody. But, you know, our standard here at the blaze with our working relationship with them is pretty much as long as we they are able to make it make it financially successful we get to say whatever we want and i'm totally okay with that standard i'd much rather work under that standard than some subjective we all agree with each other because that just gets way too subjective way too fast if the standard is can this be profitable if yes then you may use our platform to be what you think to be prophetic that's a pretty objective standard either they make they they make a profit or they don't right okay cool all right I have to give props to the Federalist along those same lines for publishing this, because if you follow their CEO, Sean Davis, who's also been on our show numerous mm-hmm. times over the years, and I like Sean quite a bit, you follow him or Molly Hemingway, she's probably their most fair that she'd be their most visible personality because she's on yeah i don't watch fox but i see her clips being on fox news like constantly okay probably and and they would be I mean, I don't, I mean, these, these two people were serious thinkers before anybody had heard the term MAGA, okay? Mm-hmm. But they would be more than likely, if we had to put them in a camp, 
probably align more often than not with the populist right, given what they typically write and yeah. say. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. So for for that outlet to publish something that goes against a lot of the the conventional wisdoms that its own high profile individuals mm-hmm. that you know we we have respect for and have talked about on the show here in the past, that give them credit for doing that. Okay. So let's start with the title in and of itself. Is before we even get to his point. Is the title a justifiable point? Well, uh, in headline, it is insofar as are there legitimate criticisms of the progressive right? I say absolutely. Populist right. You Excuse mean. me. That's okay. Progressive yeah. right. Well, yeah. I'm used to that. We have a lot of, yes, we got a lot that. of criticism yeah. about that, right? That's what went on at the All Reagan Library over the weekend was All the progressive right. Yes. 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 Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, but yes. Um, but then the weight of the last part of it, making it, it seem as if it's largely and or wholly responsible for the downfall of a party, that's why it's reason for me, for my money, despite what, you, along with what you just said, is it seemingly a broad-mindedness? But now, which which side of this is it going to really land on? Is it going to be about legitimate criticisms of this movement, or is it going to say it is the biggest reason why a party is failing? Which you know, I've got lots of things to say if you're actually going to go down that road and knowing the guy as we do i i would have read it uh even if you you had told me not to for that same reason because if he goes down the road of the ladder if this really is meaning that the republican party while maybe not your cup of tea all the time was more or less kind of sort of maybe the best we could get, efficacious, and now it's these yahoos. Agreed. It's like, dude, I'm going to have some issues if it goes down that road. I agree with you. Yeah, I, I would need to know how populist is defined before I can actually say whether or not this is a justifiable headline. That's If we're defining populism as MAGA, I don't know if that's justifiable, although... <laughs> Before too long, we, we might we, find out what, that that what is. is MAGA other than just Trump branding. Is there anything else? I mean, essentially, it's because I'll just tell you what I think it is. It's just Trump branding and that there is no Trump ideology. You can essentially take whatever, whatever, whatever position he wants any time that he wants. That it's just well, Trump branding. I, wish, I, I don't I believe it has any ideological faction I'll, behind I'll it answer, at all. I'll answer what MAGA is. It is um, uh, Caitlyn Jenner, Fox News contributor. Yeah, just Trump branding. Yep. Are you Trump aligned? So Lindsey Graham can be MAGA, Caitlyn Jenner yep. can be MAGA. Um, yep. Hardcore counterculture culture warriors like Steve Bannon can be MAGA. It just means Trump enjoined or Trump adjacent. It's just Trump branding. That's all. I don't think it means anything else. I don't Even think there's any ideological hey, component to it at all. It's worse. It's actually it's it's more effectively anti-Trump branding. Now, meaning you can take mm-hmm. whatever position contrary oh. to Trump's well, base, the, and if you kiss the ring, then you're MAGA. Is that the what other, you're saying? The other side hammers the normies over the head with. They don't try to like make sure that term goes away. They're like MAGA, MAGA, MAGA. It's basically Nazi, 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 Nazi. Right. It's worse. For whatever homogenous reason of bringing people under the big tent that Trump uses it for, 
the the, the left just they use that brutalizes people with yeah. it. Which, by the way, brings me to this point. That's a preview of what I haven't told you guys this yet, but that's what our overtime will be about today. Because I I can't think of anything more peak GOP than to put somebody in the most visible elected office in the National Republican Party who claims allegiance to a biblical worldview so that you bring out all of that angst that you were just describing. Mm-hmm. They do with MAGA means white nationalist means, means Nazi or racist, right? You get all of that Romans one blowback for being perceived to stand for a biblical worldview, but you're going to not actually do it. So you won't get any of the blessings by applying it. I, I can't think of anything more on brand. Like, like, this might I might not write any more analysis in the rest of my career, however long it lasts, for why the Republican Party went wrong. If that's how this week ter- looks like it, it, it turns out, and it looks very much like that's the way this week will turn out. Okay, so we will discuss that today in the overtime. We'll record that for you afterwards at blazetv.com slash days go there become a blaze tv subscriber now best time ever because you can get the the new uh, uncensored untethered unfettered by untainted by big tech uh, blaze news as well blazetv.com slash days to become a subscriber today at blazetv.com slash days all right with that let's begin let's get into the meat of david's analysis ready yes he begins since the gop and now at any point you guys want to stop and react to something, interrupt. Okay. okay? All right. And e- even if you haven't heard it all yet, because I think it'll be interesting to get your 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 reactions to things and then see if they get addressed as we go on, go, go later into the piece. Okay? Mm-hmm. All right. Since the GOP's populist turn in 2016, the party has steadily lost ground in the suburbs and among independents. Can I stop right there? Yeah. So when I was with the DeSantis campaign at the debate last week, uh, Paul Lax- Laxalt, um, or I'm sorry, that was his father, Adam Laxalt, who was the Senate candidate out there last year that should have won, okay, uh, he came over to talk to me, and we had a very interesting conversation. And, and he said, I got the Trump endorsement. I... I messaged all the issues that they wanted me to that they wanted me to message aggressively. I did everything I could along with Trump-aligned PACs and entities um, uh, for turnout of this base. Okay, he said we didn't get near the rural America sub- turnout support we were supposed to get, and that's why we lost. Hmm. He told me he, he said I did everything I was told to do to get the Trump rural base to show up. Because under if you've been in Nevada, it's basically two cities, guys, and desert mountainous terrain, right? There's, there's Reno, there's Vegas, there's not much else, okay? And a lot of it's highway. So rural voters matter a lot. And keep in mind, he's a political brand, the family has been very prominent politically in Republican circles since, you know, before you and I even came of age. His father was one of Ronald Reagan's first prominent endorsers back in the day. OK, and so he's got all that going for him. And he's like, we looked at we did what we were supposed to do in the suburbs. 
Why did we lose? Because because there was a he said, hey, there's a part of the suburban vote. I did I did better than most Republicans in Nevada because of, you know, who I am and our family. But because of being aligned with Trump, we didn't we didn't do as well there as we were supposed to. And then I did not get the turnout in the rural area to to ju- to reconcile that, to make up for that. And he lost by like a handful of votes. So keep that in mind. Since the GOP's populist turn in 2016, the party has steadily lost ground in the suburbs and among independents. They have not had a single positive election cycle since, and the electoral failures of 23 are just another instance of the mythological populist realignment undermining their prospects. The GOP has perhaps the strongest case to make for taking power in decades. The border is, well, just ask the Democrat mayor in a major city. Crime is a problem. The left has been defending the mutilation of children and pornography in schools. The president is a doddering, incoherent mess with a growing corruption problem. Those are all big issues. They matter. But the top issue in virtually every poll, and it's not even close, is the economy. The Democrats' massive welfare expansion and self-destructive energy policy sparked inflation. According to Gallup, 53% of respondents say the GOP would do a better job at, quote, keeping the country prosperous over the next few years, end quote, compared to 39% for Democrats. It's the widest gap in over 30 years. Let me pause. Do you guys know what the second widest gap in the Gallup poll with this question ever was? Can you guess? Last year, before last year's election was the second, that actually set the record for the widest gap in the history of this poll. How how did last election turn out? Great. Poorly. Red wave. We were great. All celebrated, right? No? No. Didn't go well? Did not. Yeah. A recent NBC News poll shows Republicans with a 21-point advantage on the economy, 49 to 28. Let me click on this link. When was this NBC News poll dated? This poll was dated September 26th. 21 point lead for Republicans on the economy, September 26th. What happened uh, five and a half weeks later with the actual election? Bad. Did it turn out great? That, did that look, those off year <clears throat> special elections, they look like a party that was, uh, that was trailing 21 points on the most important issue? Is that how a party trailing by 21 points on the most important issue, the economy, is supposed to be perform on Election Day? That you are lucky to hold Mississippi. Is that how it's supposed to work? No. Hmm. So something's amiss here, guys. Either the polls are psyops, like you guys said last hour, or this brand is tarnished, which is what I believe. Or it could even be a combination of both of our ideas. Let's go on with Harsanye. Other than some platitudes about Bidenomics, what was the GOP's economic message? Let me pause there. Remember last year, there was no message. Remember Rick Scott actually tried to, because uh, he, he was trying to get Trump to, to back him to take on McConnell for Republican leader in the Senate. And so as part of that, Florida Senator Rick Scott was basically going to resurrect the contract with America. I and mean, these are talking points from 2002. They're good, but they're just all... You know, GOP consulted data, you know, dated stuff. And even McConnell wasn't willing to do that. You guys remember this? We don't we don't need a message. Uh, the Democrat polling are so bad. We just sit here and wait to, uh, and the people will vote for us. Remember this? Yes. Yeah. Okay. 
Other than some platitudes about Bidenomics, what was the GOP's economic message? They don't have one. The right's misplaced obsession with, quote, working class voters, end quote, has led to a watered-down leftist approach to the economy that creates a muddled, incoherent rhetorical mess on an issue Republicans should be dominating. In most places, the working class is shrinking, and the middle class keeps growing. People are moving out of the Rust Belt to Nevada and Florida, and yet a big chunk of the GOP is reluctant to press on tax cuts and deregulation for fear of sounding too much like, quote, Reagan, end quote, the worst sin one can apparently commit these days. Most suburban families are dispositional conservatives. Many are not strongly ideological. They certainly won't be galvanized in large numbers by, quote, based dunks on libs, end quote. And yet, so many Republican candidates tie themselves to this aesthetic and tonal qualities admired by the new right social media grifter class. These people live in a hermetically sealed political bubble. And of course, Republicans also See, wrap themselves. You want to stop? Yeah, well, Go ahead. Hermetically sealed political bubble and dispensational conservatives. Dispositional. Dispositional. Yeah, that, uh, yes, that, that, would, that would create a whole different class yes. of angry emails. I keep okay. Having Freudian slips. <laughs> but but to the degree that he uses both of those there, I I think they are accurate. And I don't I can't read exactly I'm not I'm not worried necessarily what he meant to say about him, but what the reader may think about this as if the, those aren't good qualities. Speaking for myself, those are quite frankly, those are all vapid qualities that are the kind of thing they're, they're born out of, I just want to be comfortable. Uh, so to the, they may, it, it, I think it's accurate, but I don't, it, it also, the way he writes about, he, he's right. It's not, it's uh, dank memes and stuff like that. It's, it's not going to affect those people, but it's also not so, but it, 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 it might give the reader the impression that the, the people making the dank memes are the only bad ones here. And these people, they're just trying to live their lives. They're hard work. And no, I, I reject that premise wholeheartedly. And right. I think it's really important going forward that we don't like anoint these people as the grown-ups in the room because they're not let's see if if that's what he's doing because i agree with you if we're if we're saying that going back to what the republican party was prior to trump is the answer then i would wholeheartedly disagree with you on that okay or dis or disagree with david yes. on that if that's what he's saying and agree with you and of course republicans also wrap themselves around the fortunes of donald trump but while the former president is popular with republicans he is not particularly popular with americans trump like him or not has an inherent grasp of connecting with crowds candidates who try and and ape him sound like clownish impressionists in some ways trump's success is reminiscent of barack obama's a president who was well liked by democrats but an electoral disaster for the national party which lost over a thousand seats during his presidency a stat that i have pointed out many times over the years and Trump might well beat Biden because the former is a force unto itself and the latter is catastrophically bad at his job. But that doesn't mean Republicans are going to win the country. Moreover, the new right took all the wrong lessons from 2016. Trump's greatest victories were completely in line with post-80s Reagan conservatism, tax cuts, deregulation, constitutionalist judges, and tougher stances on crime and lawlessness. But when Trump won Michigan and Pennsylvania in 2016, right-wing institutions convinced themselves that populist messaging was the future. In the meantime, those states are now all gone, and the GOP is going to end up losing Arizona and Georgia among them and others as well.
The populist mocked antiquated Reaganism. They seemed to believe the era's message was predicated solely on tax cuts and forget the optimistic rhetoric that tied social and economic conservatism to prosperity and security. But it was far more effective than the dour victimhood and statism of the economic populist. Voters already have a big spending pro-union, big government welfare state party. And Americans who have homes and kids and property taxes and bad schools and high grocery store bills aren't going to be moved by Trump's problems with the Justice Department or the plight of, quote, manufacturing jobs or Matt Gates's hurt feelings, which dominated the news for the last month. It doesn't necessarily mean these issues aren't important, though some surely aren't, but that you need a coherent, holistic approach to politics that is completely undercut by opaque and constantly shifting demands of the new right populism. Social and economic conservatives like Brian Kemp, Ron DeSantis, and Glenn Youngkin, who, despite conventional wisdom, do well in a redistricted state that Biden won by 10 plus points, are the most successful politicians currently on the right. But because they wear the wrong boots or don't show enough subservience to Trump or aren't interested in relitigating 2020 or because they don't adopt a choleric tone, they are often dismissed as losers. Do you know what time it is? It's going to be 1977 forever if Republicans keep this up. Okay. Let me give you guys a second to gather your thoughts while I talk about our friends over at Preborn. It is our prayer that there will come a day we won't have to talk about our friends at Preborn any longer. Unfortunately, today is not yet that day. And so their, their ministry is still very much needed. Did you know a $28 donation has 80% odds of saving a life? Because 28 bucks is what an ultrasound costs. And about 80% of the time when preborn shows a mother considering killing her child, her ultrasound of her baby, she decides she can't do it and chooses life instead. How many of you would risk 28 bucks for an 80% chance to save a life? I know a lot of you would. And you have, so thank you for that. But then they also know that that mom still needs help. She still is in a very traumatic, difficult scenario. And so they offer prenatal, postnatal care, all of that free of charge as well, courtesy of tax-deductible donations from people like us. If you'd like to be the next to join their ranks or you're looking at joining them again, we're getting into year-end scenarios, particularly around the holidays where people are looking for good causes to give to. Here's one, preborn.com slash Steve. That's preborn.com slash Steve. Go again and make your donation today to preborn.com slash Steve. All right, we've got three minutes here before we have to go to the break. And then we'll get more in depth when we come back. But I want each of you to take about 90 seconds and give your visceral, reflexive reaction to what I just read to you. Well, first of all, my question about whether or not, you know, the headline was justifiable. I'd need to know whether, you know, how populist is being defined. And I said that if it's defined as MAGA, that I wouldn't agree with that. Now, having listened to that, um, having listened to that, it does seem like he is defining populism as MAGA, unless I unless I just totally misunderstood. Uh, going back to the comments about the grifter class and the hermetically sealed uh, bubble, now I understand why he is linking that to populism. Because I, I think it's fair to say back in 2016, 2015, and 2016, MAGA was populism. There was something there. 
We're going to build a wall, making Mexico pay for it. Use tariffs, tariffs on yeah. China. Yeah. That was there was some bones there. Now it is just, it's just the man. It's just Donald Trump, and that has tarnished populism. That populist message. So I understand why he, why he linked those two without actually saying so explicitly. Todd, by and large, I'm supportive of the article and my worst fears weren't realized that this was going to be a total endorsement of the Paul great Ryan. the great yeah. past that was but that's i will just it's weakest part of it is while it mentions trump trump trumpism trump 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 shrimp trump grits grits trump this over and over and over again the vacuum that it paints is it never mentions the names Mitch McConnell, Paul O'Brien, that, that's, now he's, he still accomplished what he wanted. I think legitimate complaints, but it's not in a vacuum. It marches forward, Harry Carey like that, because of the loathing and the hatred and the alter, the agenda that has nothing to do with us Americans of Mitch McConnell, Paul Ryan, corporate GOP, etc. So I think that's a miss. He does not just address that. In other words, do you think he understands why things went in the direction that they went in in 2016? I would bet on y yes. Okay. Are you yeah, saying are you saying then that you are concerned that he would he thinks like Paul Ryan is a Reagan conservative? No, I'm just saying is? I think he's I, not acknowledging the fact that, yes, there are concerns with all of this populism, but it happened for entirely legitimate reasons having to do with it. Like he just has, should have addressed it. It might not be the main thrust of his article, but it's not coming out of it. It's I, I, their fault as much as anything else. I think the message that I let's do actual populism here, despite the headline, that's kind of the message that I received from that. Let's do actual populism. That's the examples of Yunkin and DeSantis governing effectively. By the way, when the when the New York Times reviewed Russia's first best-selling book, The Way Things Ought to Be, they referred to him as a right-wing populist. That was 30 years ago. Hmm. And nobody was more devoted to Reagan conservatism than Russia was. More in a moment. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show. Let me tell you about our friends at Relief Factor. We all deal with pain from time to time, especially as we get older. It's unfortunately one of the few guarantees in life. You know, I just had my annual physical last week and blood work and everything was actually better than it was the year before, guys. So, you know, other than almost dying twice earlier this year and losing half my hearing, I'm as healthy as an ox. <laughs> all right. But as we get older... Our joints don't get younger, all right? And this is where Relief Factor comes in. If you've got uh, chronic pain and stiffness and achiness and soreness, chances are that's from too much inflammation in your joints. And Relief Factor is the, the drug-free anti-inflammatory that we think has pretty good odds of being the solution you've long been looking for. What do I mean by pretty good odds? Well, about 70% of the time, those who try the three-week quick start for just 20 bucks see such great results in three weeks or less that they end up sticking 
sticking around long term with Relief Factor. So put them to the test yourself. What do you got to lose for 20 bucks? See if you don't see a difference in your pain in three weeks or less when you go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. Or you can call them at 800, the number four relief, 800 for relief or relieffactor.com. All right. Now you guys have had some extra time to think about it. Let's go a little bit more in depth with what David Harsanyi writes here in the pages of the Federalist over the weekend that the populist right is killing the Republican Party. And this has been evidenced now with the the losing that's transpired in the last several election cycles. Okay. Give me more now. You've had a chance to think about it. Put some more meat on the bone of what you guys were discussing just reflexively before the break. Let's transport ourselves to 10 years ago. The year is 2013. And we're a left-wing talk show. And we're as left as they get. Okay? We see what Barack Obama has done. We also see our own party that represents us losing elections after elections. Let's say even late 2014 into 2015. We see hundreds, if not, what's the number, thousands of election losses. But we also see what Barack Obama has done. Are we taking that trade? You bet we have. You bet we are. You mean if we were leftists? If we were leftists. Yes. Well, you bet we are. Now we're back to present day. Is that trade even on the table? When he makes the comparison between Donald Trump and Barack Obama, it was like a, a, a miniature. Because Barack Obama could command a stage, he could command a room, he could command a crowd. He can say the same things about Donald Trump. But Republicans hated Barack Obama and showed up to, to show up. Uh, showed, uh, showed up to, to show that hatred for Barack Obama in the polls over and over and over again. The polling stations, I mean, over and over and over again. Democrats absolutely hate Donald Trump and are showing up over and over and over again to show that hatred for him. Even in off-years elections, he's not even president right now. But is there a trade that we can make on this show as being those who put the fun in fundamentalist. Is there a trade, you might say, Roe being overturned? Might say that. What else can you say that for? Barack Obama remade the military, guys. He remade the military. He's responsible, he's responsible for the complete cloward pivoting which we're, which we're uh, enjoying right now of the health system. Those are, those are two things. What else did Barack Obama do? How many Supreme Court justices did he appoint? I can't remember. Three. 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 So there's three things that he did. There's no trade on the table right now that justifies losing over and over and over again. Roe notwithstanding. That's just one thing. If it were kind of a tit for tat, hey, we lost a lot of elections, but we got like three things done. We got a border wall. We didn't get... We didn't get that, much less having Mexico pay for it. I guess you could say peace in the Middle East. That's, that's good, but that's something that I think any president should aspire to. It's not necessarily dependent. I don't, I don't think Donald Trump necessarily, by 
his own persona necessarily accomplished that. So the comparison between Barack Obama and Donald Trump, not ideologically, but just how they are as figureheads of their parties, that kind of got some wheels turning in my head. I wish there was a trade-off, similar to what Democrats, left-wing Democrats could say, yeah, we lost all of these elections, but we got all of this in return. That's a trade that I'll make. We can't say the same thing over here. Todd, I have a different way of talking about Aaron. Uh, what you're saying with, you know, what did we get? What will we get at the end of the day? I think this is a crucial, crucial point. And it's the whole bio game between the aspirations of the populism on the front end and the reality that I think David in many ways is accurately portraying right now. I've said this on the show multiple times before. I don't think there's any way Donald Trump comes down that escalator and then despite even his own probably beliefs of what was possible ends up in the white house without the show the apprentice i don't think the guy that's just manhattan real estate king kong people knew about him he was even in movies and did bits and all that stuff he he was known but what he accomplished with The Apprentice, and again, I don't know how many st- seasons that thing had, but it was on, I know it was wildly successful. I know it was on NBC. I know I actually did watch most of the very first season. I don't remember what year that was. Um, I'd imagine it was probably before I had, uh, when or maybe when I had very young children and got them to bed, and it was, I, I don't know. But I remember watching it. And I think people across the nation whether they were young or old this is before uh, a lot of the digital media we have right now where you're still connected to regular tv but i think young or old urban or rural i think a lot of people watch that and i think what they saw is you had different kinds of people coming together and the platform created even when they went full-on celebrity apprentice which i never watched any of those but i know it could have gone totally crazy gonzo but they were still raising money for charity they were still given tasks on how to grow and develop businesses and i've said this is the point i made i think to a lot of people watching it no matter what your background was it seemed fair a and it seemed constructive things were accomplished by different kinds of people working together having big goals being given the opportunity on an equal playing field to show merit i think it was like classic americana in many different ways and here's the thing no matter what the personality no matter the background again that was always made secondary to the task making america great again maybe David is highlighting, in my estimation, that that has been flipped. And now, it's, if you, like, bring in all those personalities, and again, I saw enough clips of them, they were big Amorosa, Geraldo, people like that. But it seemed like they were all tamed by the task. It's the reverse now. It's all personality. It's all carnival barker stuff. And the task is totally lost. 
I think that's what's happened here. And I think that's what David is accurately portraying. It is just a sh- it's amazing. That was actually a show. Hmm. It was for entertainment purposes, but it accomplished a lot. It brought out the best in people. Now this is government, and it's way more of a show than it was on NBC. Just off the rails, not to be taken seriously, accomplishing less than nothing. I think that's what you're seeing here. Let me, as much as I can, try to remove all the various hats I've worn in this process. I've been, I've, 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 I have been never Trump. I have been working harder to get Trump reelected than it seemed like he was. I am, have, you know, now I'm endorsed the candidate that's his only threat to the nominee. I, I, I've, you know, I've I've spoken at TPUSA. I've been mocked by all the Trump uh, uh, meme teams uh, with to catch a predator riffs. I mean, I, I I have probably inhabited every conceivable position on Trump and populism in this era you could have without being a grifter one way or the other. Meaning I'll I'll abandon my principles because, you know, Trump does some things conservative for money or I'll abandon my principles when Trump doesn't do things conservative for money. That that those are the only positions of this era I have not held, but I've held all the rest of them. And then I also have substantial experience in actual elections. Okay? Cold-blooded. Time for truth. Straight up. No chaser. We got to win. Must win. We have to win. So now's the time. Let it rip. Fair? Yeah. Here's the problem. Best as I can tell. There's not nearly as much profit to be made on the right holding Trump accountable to any form of orthodoxy as there is to redefine all orthodoxy in support of Trump. There is a great conflict between what resonates financially with the kinds of audiences that turn tune into shows like what we do for a living and then what resonates with actual voters who do not. And this riff is growing wider, actually. And so... There's this idea that our messaging is not getting through to suburban voters. The opposite is true. It it, it actually did get through, and that is the problem. What do I mean? We created an we created an environment where if Trump is for something, no matter what it is, it's good. If Trump is against something, no matter what it is, it's bad. And so we showed voters that. Trump is in whom we live and breathe. There was no way to engage with us without accepting Trump as a figure holistically. Trump as a candidate offers no path to supporting him other than supporting him holistically. He offers you no off ramp. He offers you no compromise. You either support him as Neil before Zod you get your jollies off of what he does. You like the shtick or you there's no reasons 
Trump is incapable of making a sta- of making a pitch like you may not like me. I may not be the most likable person all the time, but the country was a hell of a lot better off when I was in charge. He's incapable of that pitch. Or doesn't care anymore. But he made those pitches on the original Apprentice. Sure That's legitimate goods and services elevated, objectively he, evaluated. Now it's all about him, right? And so we have said to voters that we're all about him, and if you're going to vote our way, you have to be all about him too. The Yunkin campaign kept Trump out of Virginia, actually, because they didn't think that he was capable of making any form of a nuanced race, that he would just his presence would just make it always a referendum on Trump. Everything's a referendum on Trump. That's what we told the voters we wanted. And they listened. We told the voters our readers and our listeners want everything to be a referendum on Trump. And so therefore, if there's a lot more people that vote than listen to any of our shows, take all of the biggest shows on the right and they're 15% when you combine all of their audiences, because a lot of them are the same people listening to the same shows, they're 15, 20% maybe of the electorate we need to win. And so we decided to make everything about Trump for or against Trump and Democrats want the same thing. They want everything to be about Trump. They both, that's what they both want. And so that's what we have. We offer voters no. It's not, we, we're not, we can't run ads. We, we, we cannot message. May not be the most likable guy, but things were a lot better when he was in charge. We're not allowed to message that. Has to be, he's the greatest president that ever lived. A superior form of human. He tiptoes between the raindrops. Live Golf put out a tweet of a borderline morbidly obese Donald Trump. I've fought obesity most of my adult life, so I know what it looks like. And said, and I quote, this is the most, most athletic president we've ever had. People laugh at this stuff outside of our own circles. They mock us. They don't think we're serious. And so we told voters, you cannot support border walls, tariffs on China, minority unemployment at an all-time low, discretionary income at its highest rate since the dot-com boom. You can't vote for any of those things unless you accept Donald Trump as a transcendent figure sent from on high without whom we couldn't possibly sustain ourselves. So there are two messages. There's only one message now. Kneel before Zod. That's it. You want to know something? Go to the gym like I do every morning where all the TVs are up on the wall. And you know what's fascinating? Fox News and MSNBC and CNN are almost all talking about the exact same thing almost every single morning. That was not the case for many years, by the way. It's all about Trump on every channel all the time. We don't offer voters a path to the successful policies that Trump gets credit for unless you buy into Trump as a brand. And voters keep telling us over and over again, every in these cycles, nope, 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 nope. And we just keep offering the exact same message. That's the core problem here. 
so yes, our idiot suburban neighbors, because of mean tweets, voted for a daughter, for a feeble communist. But you know why many of them did that? Because we told them that the mean tweets were good. They weren't mean. They were good tweets. Because he tweeted them. Everything he does is good. Everything he doesn't do is bad. So the voters saw, since we made it all about Trump, they've decided that that's all we're about. And that since we've decided you have to accept everything about Trump or nothing, the voters have decided the same thing. And how they've been deciding the everything or the nothing recently. They've been choosing the nothing repeatedly. And that's as honest as I could be. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.